mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans all over the world. Uh, Thank you to all of our international listeners and all of our domestic listeners here in the United States. I'm Zach Wallace for Aces Nation. I'm writing uh, solo today, no Claire. Uh, but today, this is going to be a little bit shorter, but hopefully still just as informational for you as well. I'm going to talk about in-season training. Um, specifically, I'll talk about basketball. And for our home base state of Florida, I will talk about soccer in-season training. Um, most of this stuff will be applicable to high school level and the collegiate level, but just going to give you some quick information today based on my experience and my philosophy. So first of all, it's getting colder everywhere, um, at least on this side of the hemisphere. Hope everyone's staying warm. I uh, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday um, or, your, or your holiday season with family, friends, and um, maybe you went Black Friday shopping. I don't know. And uh, you're preparing for Christmas. With that being said, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Let's talk about in season. So given all the the entire training year, you're going to need to have built a really strong uh, strength foundation, um, some movement quality patterns as well. Um, you probably will have set range of motion at that point of what your expectations are throughout the off season uh, and a little bit through the preseason, just maintaining that. So when you actually get to season, you're probably reducing the amount of times that you're training um, in the weight room. That doesn't necessarily mean you take the quality down. And if athletes can handle it, it doesn't mean you take the intensity down either. You're just reducing the overall load, whether that's some days it's just for lack of better terms or for easier understanding, it's less weight some days and some days it's more weight and less volume. And that just depends on where you are uh, in the season. You know, are you coming off of day after game or are you, you know, game day minus two? So you're two days before the game. So Specifically with basketball, a lot of things that I try to look for is, you know, what does the athlete do well? Uh, If you don't have any technology, sometimes it's hard to tell with some people, but some people it's not. Like, is someone very reactive uh, as an athlete? So are they um, great point guards, great defenders? Uh, They're really, uh, some people would say fast twitch uh, people just very explosive uh, in a very short amount of time. So uh, you identify those people. Also identify people who rely on momentum a little bit more. Some people who are uh, better as they get their own rhythm. Um, it may take a little longer to get going. Um, like maybe in transition, they just require a little bit more. Maybe they don't stop as well. Um, if they're going to decelerate or, or something like that, like slow down. So try to identify um, those types of people and then maybe people who are uh, a little extra stiff, like they don't have as good range of motion as they're moving. Um, maybe they don't rotate very well or maybe their core is just not very strong either. So 
uh, I try to identify those things. Preferably, I would want to do it with technology uh, via like a force plate or something to give me really insightful, objective data. Otherwise, I'm relying on my coaching eye, which is is a good thing to to rely on, especially if you have a lot of years of experience and uh, used to seeing those people. But so identifying those things that can get pretty individualized. Uh, but really, for in season, you want to maintain the strength. The farther you are away from the game, so if you're you got a game two days from now, three days from now, it's probably a good time for you to still maintain your strength, hit those, um, hit those higher intensities. Uh, maybe you can, you know, have a little bit of volume in your accessory work if that's something that's important to you, but that's definitely a time where you could hit, um, or you could, uh, lift a little bit heavier is those days that you're farther away from the game. But the caveat to that being is if you're playing on a regular schedule and let's say playing on Wednesday and then your lift is on a Thursday, well, and then your next game's on a Saturday. So you lift Thursday, coming off a Wednesday game, only have the Friday um, where you're not training before the game day. Uh, they would need to be pretty pretty well conditioned at that point. And everything would need to have been set up in the preseason and in the off season. So you would have to, you know, your team, so you know whether or not their bodies are prepared to do that type of thing. But if you played like on a Tuesday and you lifted on a Thursday and game night on Saturday, maybe that's the time where you can push a little bit more. Or if you're coming off a weekend rest, maybe you didn't play on Saturday, so you've had a little more time. So uh, you'll have to decide those things uh, for yourself. But I try to maintain lower body strength uh, and power through different variations of squat, whether that's full range of motion, partial range of motion, uh, front, back. Uh, sometimes we get Bulgarian split squat if guys need that uh, in particular. So um, maintaining our, our power, we usually rely, for my athletes, we rely on um, Olympic weightlifting derivatives like a high pull, um, maybe some box jumps. And the reason why I would choose a box jump is for basketball in particular, they're, they're taking a lot of contacts on the court anyway. And so by landing on the box, we're reducing the amount of uh, force that they're experiencing on landing, right? So they can just step down from the box and they're still getting the, uh, the load and um, the uh, explosive component through the concentric phase of, of actually jumping, right? And so... Uh, we may contrast those together. They may be completely separate, uh, talking back squat and box jumps. But typically I want to do that. Um, I also think a uh, like a barbell splits, split squat where you're in like a one foot forward, one foot behind you, and you're just uh, bending your knee and essentially dropping straight down. I think that's a great way to load single leg with a little bit of stability so you can you can do a little more weight if you wanted to. So you're not, uh, having to step like, like with a lunge, for instance, there's, uh, there's a one foot on the ground phase and, and that requires some stability. And so maybe you can, uh, load a little bit heavier if you're doing a split squat where both feet are on the ground, but you're in that quote unquote lunge position. So, uh, that might be something to think about as well. Um, talking other lower body, uh, mechanisms here, um, Hamstring strength uh, is great. It's important. 
for those who don't know about training residuals, speed is a very uh, elusive concept to keep if you don't continue to train it. But the issue with basketball is the court is so short, no one's ever really getting to full speed. So um, you want to train the hamstring to uh, maintain high forces quickly, and, and you want to be able to um, keep that up, you know, to be able to to maintain that and, and have it last. So uh, training the hamstring through RDLs, single leg RDLs, uh, doing some like body weight curl, uh, eccentric stuff. If you can do Nordics or partnering, partner Nordics is great as well. Um, but to be able to load that is, is uh, a good concept as well. You might be able to get a little bang for your buck if you um, are doing a kettlebell swing instead of doing the high pull, like I mentioned earlier. So uh, that could be something that you you utilize as well. Uh, another thing that I'm a fan of for lower body accessory work is a step up, um, and particularly the way that we do it that mimics um, acceleration, uh, shin angles, uh, body angles. So I, I really enjoy us doing that step up because it's also a movement we can load up uh, quite a bit, small range of motion, um, not super fatiguing, and it's very joint specific, uh, in my opinion, the way that we do it, uh, going up normal speed, emphasizing a lot of control on that top foot uh, or that top leg uh, being the main work uh, aspect, not really putting any weight or any load on our back leg, trying to keep everything on the front because that's our emphasis at the point. Um, so um, lower body wise, it's pretty much some of the stuff that we do. Aces Nation is a team of former college athletes and coaches on a mission to improve the sports culture experience and change today's expectations. We do this by helping every player maximize their athletic potential with professional programs to improve strength, speed, nutrition, and mental toughness, and by using sports to create a direct pathway to college with a guaranteed college scholarship program for all student-athletes. Visit acesnation.org to learn more and schedule a demo. Let's go. Upper body, you know, I mean, you got to train that, right? So what do we do there? Well, if bench press is a thing we've been training for a while, and that's something that maybe we're limited by equipment, that's something we're going to train. If dumbbells are accessible, that's something we're going to train. You know, uh, a lot of single side, um, like single arm uh, dumbbell press work or dumbbell row um, type of work. So basically in any upper body components there, I really just try to balance it out at least one-to-one, maybe a little more pull. But um, if it's any extra pulling, for me, it may be a little more scap work. Um, So like a a pull apart, reverse fly, any type of um, D1, D2 pattern, like a, band movement. So you try to pair that stuff up and, and make sure everything's at least equal on the upper body component side. A lot of my emphasis is on uh, ground reaction forces and stretch shortening cycle. Um, and, and really just focusing on where our joint angles are, what our loads are uh, for uh, the lower body component of that. So kind of break it down, I guess, in a, in a two day setting here. Um, the, the day that it's coming off of uh, a good amount of rest, at least a day, or is farther enough away from the game. My big stimulus is uh, 
that's my that's our our back squat day so that, that'll be a heavy focus uh on the back squat and then it'll be a myriad of pressing probably some angular pressing either low incline or normal incline um or it could be flat bench if I'm not doing anything uh, in particular the next day. Uh, but the second day, I would typically do our high pull. Like I mentioned, you could also do kettlebell swing. Um, that's a day where I'll do our flat uh, press or our more horizontal press um, and focus on step-ups on that last day as well. And I'll do most of our eccentric hamstring training, whether that's single leg RDL or some type of uh, – single leg curl or uh i don't know long like limb like so your your knee is almost straight type of uh eccentric work or uh isolated work on the hamstring i'll do that on a on that back squat day where we have a little more rest so uh a lot of my accessories uh upper body wise i stay within five to eight if it's an accessory um, I usually stay between four to six on my lower body accessories, um, unless it's something really, really intense, um, like like a Nordic hamstring, for instance. If I was going to do it, I might even do reps or sets of two just to keep it down, uh, keep the soreness down very early on and let the body get uh, adjusted to that. And then just sequentially build up a- after that point. Um most of my back squat stuff is based on percentages. Uh, we're very fortunate to have some velocity tracking devices so we can stay within ranges of what we're trying to work, like strength, speed, accelerative strength, uh, things like that, speed strength, in any of those areas along the, the force velocity curve that we are needing to work at the specific phase or a point in the season where we are, we're very fortunate enough to have that stuff. Uh, but one thing that uh, coaches can do that don't have that technology is just balance out when they're going, when they're using more weight and moving a little bit slower, or when they're using lighter weight and trying to move that bar as fast as possible. So to have a good blend of low rep moving, you know, the bar is moving a little bit slower because you have more weight, and then that medium, moderate, maybe even low rep if if you're trying to um, uh, deload a little bit maybe or just mix it up by adding more sets um, of having that really fast speed. So it's important to move lightweight fast uh, as well in order to uh, maintain rate of force development. So uh, I think that's a good mix for coaches to do um, with those movements. So anyways, um Another thing that could be done instead of kettlebell swing or high pull is dumbbell push press, Um, a little more joint specific, really small range of motion. It incorporates total body coordination, total body, uh, you know, exercise there. So that could also be something that that's utilized either using both arms or one arm uh, in between. So yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of what we do for basketball. Uh, Just, without getting super specialized in what we do for individuals in particular. So, um, yeah, if anyone has any, any questions, comments about that, you know, feel free to, um, hit us up on the email. Uh, mine is Z Wallace at acesnation.org. So anyways, now we get into soccer. 
Right. Uh, a little bit different sport. So I mentioned with basketball, not able to reach uh, full speed. But with soccer, you are because the field's longer, right? So obviously you need to be able to maintain that. And the way that we would probably do this is making sure that the practice or uh, your strength coach, performance coach is conducting some type of high speed, high velocity session throughout the week, at least one, at least one a week. But also uh, there's some good research out there that doing plyometrics at least once a week can help maintain some of those fitness qualities that you need for soccer. So it's important to maintain those characteristics that translate directly to the field. So that's completely off the weight room setting. I also think it's important to uh, have a refresher of mechanics, maybe in some way, whether that's some type of skip, bound, maybe you're focused on quick foot contacts for like high knees, maybe it's even resisted uh, high knees that allows you to stay in some type of acceleration angle. Um, I think that's important for sports that run quite a bit uh, and run farther distances um, than, than you would see like maybe on a basketball court. Like for basketball players, they need to be able to move their hips in and out. So they need to be able to, again, go from offensive defense to be able to transition. And then as they're trying to reach a max acceleration speed, they need to be able to slow down very quickly drop their hips in a position that allows them to move in all certain in, in all sorts of directions. Same could be said with soccer. So there are elements that you're going to take from that with the deceleration, uh, decision-making and agility um, base whenever you're defending or, you know, I don't know, maybe about to receive a pass and you're going to make a move. So there are elements in all sports that you need to be able to move in and out of your athletic position. So, and be able to get to that athletic position quickly. So, and those are some things that I would also do, but again, working on ex- like acceleration, uh, whether that's pure acceleration from a, a, a dead stop or whether that's transitional acceleration, something like a buildup, some people call them like flying whatever distance that you're running. Um, I think those those things are important to maintain throughout. Um, supply metric work, as I mentioned, is very good. Um, with our soccer teams, I, I like to do some rotational bounds. So uh, jumping to the side, turning in the air, and then landing. Um, just had some good conversations with um, sports medicine in my years about, um, you know, athlete health overall, um, just knee health, but like lower body health in general. So, uh, I like those things. Uh, I like any single leg plyometrics we can get, uh, because those types of movements happen in the field all the time. And we need, our body needs to be prepared for those forces and be able to withstand them. Um, so outside of all those things on the field, uh, and practice, which is competitive reps for any sport you get competitive reps there so you want to make sure that your athletic base or your uh just overall potential and overall uh movement literacy is is good you know it's 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 well prepared for the task at hand because you're going to experience those tasks in some in some way and hopefully at a high level and high intensity in practice 
Uh, of course, you want those things to be very high in practice. So when you get to the game, your body is used to those forces. So uh, moving to the weight room again, probably in season is very minimal when you would come in. I know I did a lot of single leg strength early on with soccer players to minimize fatigue as we continue to use them throughout the year. So uh, a lot of Bulgarian split squat early on. Um, again, pressing and pulling upper body strength is important. Uh, I've seen some research that says in females, upper body strength can help reduce the likelihood of getting a concussion or the severity of the concussion could be, uh, potentially reduced because someone has more upper body strength and they're able to control themselves a little bit better. But, um, yeah, upper body strength is there. Um, I also like to do heavier stimulus, um, in the week as well. So big concentric focus. If I'm doing that, like for soccer, we did a lot of deadlifts, whether that be conventional or trap bar. Um, we ended up doing those things because they were concentric focus. So we would use those later in the week as we got closer to games, uh, from a nervous system standpoint to still get a stimulus there, but reduce the amount of fatigue we have because we're not controlling it down. So for instance, back squat, you squat down, which is the eccentric phase, which can lead to soreness. If your body is not fully prepared for that, because the muscle is, um, tearing at that point during the eccentric phase, and then concentric phase, your muscles shortening, getting smaller, and that's the part that actually moves you back up. So for us to be able to start in that, not have to worry about the going down part. So we do our deadlifts, we drop at the top, we reset. So it's that's a minimal eccentric component out of there, and then a high concentric component. So usually pair that with some type of jump. Um, I think we, we enjoyed a, a lot of box jumps too. Um, some stuff I did with soccer with my Bulgarian split squats was I did a single leg, almost like a rolling single leg jump where we rolled into it, landed on the box again, because either we had done deceleration work already and some plyos, um, already in our preparation phase before the lift. And I wanted to reduce the contacts uh, that they would have on the ground in there. Cause not necessarily the same surface. Uh, that they're actually playing on. But again, going back later on uh, at the beginning of the week, definitely have some eccentric component, probably more like an RDL, single leg RDL or, or double leg, just depending on where we are. Get some eccentric hamstring work, could be single leg curl, whether that's on the slides uh, or physio ball. Uh, most of the time prefer more, a little more stability um, if we can get it before moving into any of that instability. But yeah, and then the the day that's closer to the games, our second day, probably doing more of a mobility focus at the end of the lift uh, with some core, maybe a Copenhagen plank or something like that, some type of, of core work. Um, and for me, holistically, core is between the shoulders, below the neck, above the knee. So that's uh, a big space for core. So I try to focus on anything that has attachments to the axial skeleton. Um, so yeah, that being said, those things are really what we focus on. Um, and then the joint angles get a little more specific as we go throughout the year. I'm not really focusing on like 
heavy back squats for full range of motion. I'm probably getting those a little bit uh, partial range of motion and still using some other body weight, single leg, full range of motion things to, to kind of aid in, um, in any of those larger muscles that may be getting left out from us going partial range of motion in, in like back squat for, uh, for instance. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we, how we focused in for soccer had those two days. Uh, I think we went a little heavier emphasis on upper body on that second day that was closer to the game. So we had that concentric component, uh, that was less fatiguing, like a, like a deadlift or, um, yeah, any any type of not going down or not eccentric. Uh, we we had that component. We had a, a bench press or you know an upper body component that was a little more focused in on that day, with some uh, accessory exercises that include some core work in on that second day. And that first day is where we tried to get most of our work in through uh, full range of motion, lower body with with load. Uh, could have been a reverse lunge. Uh, I mentioned Bulgarian split squat or some people call it rear foot elevated split split squat. So that was kind of our emphasis there um, for soccer. So uh, hopefully if if you're a soccer player, soccer coach out there, hopefully that may help you a little bit. I mean, obviously if you're playing a lot of tournament games and a lot of games throughout the week, these things can be condensed to, to one day. As I mentioned, it's really important from a, a speed adaptation perspective uh, probably more specifically the the stress on the hamstrings that you do at least one speed training session, including plyometrics, um, at least once a week. But yeah, strength training also be great. And if if you've got a situation where you can't really go to a weight room, um, you know that's all right because we've got solutions for that, and we work with a lot of clubs that do their sessions, you know, at the field. And so we're still able to, you know, get some hamstring strength work in. We're still able to get some lower body strength work in. Um, even if you um, don't really have anything, maybe a couple bands or a med ball or something, we're still able to get some total body explosiveness uh, through those things as well. So if you've got a situation, you feel like, Hey, you need some help, you know, again, reach out, uh, to me at zwallace at acesnation.org and we can help you. Um, we've got different, ton of different teams using the app right now um, at the field, on site, whether it's people using it individually while they're there or people using it as a team. We've got athletes using it uh, with minimal equipment and still seeing great results from it. So anyways, th- those basketball and soccer in season just to lay out a little bit for you uh, of what it looks like um, so if if anyone has suggestions of like another sport you'd like me to lay out some uh, either in season preseason off season those types of training phases please let me know um, this, these are things I, I like to talk about um, and and even better to explain something that you're interested in hearing and something that might actually help you so let me know your thoughts or if you have any questions, you know, reach out to us. You can find us at acesnation.org on the website. Um, find us on Instagram, um, all of our social media platforms. So please feel free to reach out. Um, yeah. Again, stay warm out there because it's getting colder if you're on the uh, same hemisphere as us. Uh, other than that, 
we're going to keep it rolling. Um, got special guests uh, on our podcast in a few weeks. So we're excited about that. I think you guys will really enjoy that episode as well. And we will continue to cycle through with our documentary review. We've got a couple that we're uh, working on right now that uh, I think are, are pretty interesting. So we will uh, catch you on the next one.